Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. I'm Adam Homey, your host, and as the name says, our listeners are business creators. You are in the right place if you fall in one of the following four categories. Entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners, marketing and business coaches, folks who help others build their businesses, the folks we like to call the business creators, those who help others succeed and win at the game of business and marketing, and do-it-yourselfers who run your own businesses and just love to have your own hands on your own marketing levers. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment and explore episodes and discover how our guest expert can help you win at business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, take a moment, check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us spread the message. Now, for today's installment, we have as our very special guest, Jim Kukral. For over 16 years, Jim has helped small businesses and large companies like FedEx, Sherman Williams, Ernst & Young, and Progressive Auto Insurance understand how to build successful new online businesses or energize and refresh existing ones. What we're going to cover today is the topic of social media is business, not playtime. Many of us are tired of hearing how social media was going to change your business overnight. You hear so many consultants, so many uh, speakers, so many coaches tell you that Twitter and Facebook are the answers to your problems. Just go out there, get fans, and start putting stuff out there, and it's going to solve all of your problems. You're going to have revenue coming out your ears and clients lined up at the door, and you'll never have to work a hard day in your life again. Well, the truth is social media does work if you treat it like a business function. This is not playtime. Nobody needs more quote-unquote friends. So I'm very happy to have Jim with us today, and he's going to give us some priceless insights on how to use social media as a marketing tactic and profit from it with more sales, lead, and publicity. Jimmy, there? I'm here. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. This is going to be a really awesome topic. I know that our listeners are very interested in social media marketing, and this is one of the topics that we feature that tends to trend most prominently. So we're looking forward to getting some great traction on this. And as our listeners know, not only do I host the guest experts, but I join you as a student with pen and paper in hand because I feel that I learn something every time as well. I don't think there's a such thing as knowing everything. I always think that there's just a little bit more you can learn. There's always one more edge you can get that's going to put you ahead of your competition. Now, before we dive in here, Jim, let's take a quick step back and give our listeners a chance to get to know you a bit. Just tell us a little bit in your own words about your background and what brought you to where you are today, helping entrepreneurs get social media working for them. Well, I'm a 42-year-old guy from Cleveland, Ohio, born and raised and still right. live here, and I'm just a regular guy who's been working on this internet thing for about 18 years now and uh, have have been, you know, worked for giant companies and own my own companies and currently uh, run my own web businesses where I have membership sites and I sell products and things like that online. And I've been involved in everything from affiliate marketing to email to search to social to landing, anything you can uh, uh, co count as an internet businessman, and that's pretty much what I do for a living right now. Right, right. And I myself, I mean, I have, you could say that I've been in online marketing for 20 years. I officially joined the party in 2005, 
But I remember back when I was in college in the 1990s, and I had term papers due. But what was I doing? I was down in the computer lab playing with my GeoCities websites. It's uh, it's kind of interesting. It's a little bit of a precursor. And these websites were pretty, uh, you know, in today's light, probably pretty embarrassing. They had all the animated GIFs and the textured backgrounds. And, you know, in these days we talk about Internet Explorer compatibility. Back then the question was frames versus no frames. Right. I got started way before that, even before tables were invented in HTML. So back when the old websites were just straight up and down. Anyway, nobody cares about that. What they care about is <laughs> it's – and I, what I try to tell people is, and to the point of this show, is that it was hard back then, and it's so easy nowadays compared to where it was. I mean, right. to, to, to start a business, to build your brand, to get people to know who you are – to reach customers using the power of social media and the Internet today. I mean, there's never been a greater time in the history of the world to do it right now. Never. Yeah, and thank you for sharing that sentiment. See, here on the Business Creators Radio Show, as our listeners know, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help our entrepreneurial listeners quickly grow their businesses. Now, a lot of our listeners come to me and they say, Adam, you know, you, you have all these great experts. You have people like Jim Kukrall and you have others who share all these great strategies, all these methodologies, and we would like to do all of it. It seems we have pretty much everything in our business to make this happen except for time and money. Now, Jim, do you see this as an issue for those who want to make their business prosper using social media? Well, absolutely. I mean, let's let's look back before – the internet and social media. Let's say that you started a business and you wanted to get the word out about it. You would spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in advertising to reach targeted customers. You'd buy television ads and yellow page ads and, and magazine ads and newspaper ads. And you, you, you do all of these things and you'd spend a lot of money to maybe reach the right person. And, and look, fast forward to where we are right now and think about the ability to just target people down to a laser niche level where, for, I'll give you an example. If you wrote a book on, you know, architecture and you wanted to find people who wanted to read that book, who interested in that book, you can literally go to Facebook for free or LinkedIn or Twitter and look for lists or groups of people who are interested in architecture. You could either run advertisements to those people. You could participate in groups with them or do answers on LinkedIn. I mean, it was so hard to do before. It was so expensive to do before. And now you could literally create an online course or a product or a service or something and reach people in minutes for nothing, for, for no fee. So the time issue is something that people always bring up to me. And I always, I always say to people, you know, Time is something that you've got to put value on, and you're, how successful do you want to be, right? It, it, what's your pain level right. at, right? Do you, do you want to have extra income? Do you want to quit the job that you don't like? Do you want to build an online business and live a lifestyle business? Well, then you have to, you have to determine what's that pain level at. Are you at a five or are you at a nine? Right, and and that's where the decision of if you're going to spend the time comes in. Right, it's easier than ever. Right. It's cheaper than ever. You have to make the decision if you're going to spend the time. And frankly, I I talk to a lot of people who say, well, Jim, I'm too busy with this, this, and this. And I say, well, if you didn't, you know, this is the tough love part. You know, if you didn't watch, you know, The Walking Dead on all weekend, you could probably, <laughs> you know, spend some time on social media, or you could have spent a way to to create a business. So. 
I think the first part of this whole equation is believing that this is all possible, that you can build an online business, that you can use social media. And then once you believe it, then it's just a matter of putting some time into to make it work because it's not like it was in the past where you just wrote a check to an advertising agency and hope that customers just came flowing through your door. Now you can it's much cheaper, but you gotta put in a little bit of time and effort. Yeah, and I and I tend to agree with that wholeheartedly. And part of what we're going to get into today, and this is what I'm really looking forward to, is some of the insights about how we're going to treat social media as a business function rather than as a toy or as playtime. So heading in that direction, let's start by working backwards. And I worry when I ask this question, I may actually set off a torrent because I think we've all seen this before. But in your experience, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see entrepreneurs, business owners, and marketers make on social media? Oh, probably the biggest mistake people make is, first of all, not trying it. You know, that's the easy answer. <laughs> the, biggest, the second biggest mistake is that they try to go into it from an advertising. We say social media is business. It's not playtime. By that, we mean, you know, this is a marketing function, right? Connecting with people, engaging with customers. It's not like it was in the past where you had an ad, you put the ad in front of people. Well, guess what? Um, people don't like ads, and people can spot an advertisement a million miles away, right? You make a okay. video and put it, put it up on YouTube, you know, and somebody watches, in the first five seconds, they can go, in their head, their brain makes a little decision. and goes, oh, this is an ad. Goodbye. Right? right? Authenticity is really where we are at with the Internet and connecting with people nowadays. And people can see through your attempts to create an ad uh, a million times. So you have to create uh, authentic content that people are going to uh, resonate with. So the biggest mistake they're making is people aren't creating authentic content that does one of two things. There are two reasons people use the internet. And those two reasons are one, to have a problem solved, and two, to be entertained. Those are the only two reasons people use the internet. You go online to find the solution to a problem that you have. You're trying to find a recipe for dinner, trying to find a contact name. You're trying to find out the answer to something. You have a problem. You need solved. You go to the Internet to find the solution to that problem. Or you go online right. to be entertained. Right? You go to watch a video, listen to music, do something like that. So the biggest mistake people make is, is not being authentic and creating solutions to people's problems and using social media to help people and to engage authentically with people. Stop thinking about it from an ad perspective. Don't create ads. Create content. That helps people, and that's where people find you and want to engage with you, and that's when they turn and say, this is somebody I trust, this is somebody I think is authentic, and this is somebody who I think I want to work with or buy from. I see. Now, in a related question here, you know, we keep seeing so much coming out. In fact, a couple articles came out just the other day where people who have specifically Facebook fan pages are finding it more and more difficult to get their posts noticed, to show up on the news feed. I know I struggle with this with some of my own fan pages as well. Uh, the consensus that I seem to run into is that Facebook expects you to pay to play. Now, how yeah. do you 
do that? How do you get engagement for a fan page? How do you get people to even notice your fan page is there? I mean, and, and it's not just me, and it's not just many of my colleagues. I know there are fan pages about various business topics, and there are even a couple fan pages I like to follow that are about lol cats, which are funny pictures of cats. It's like my, it's like my guilty pleasure. And I don't see them in my newsfeed anymore. I have to manually remember to go back to these pages. So what do we do about Facebook fan pages that are effectively from – what I hear getting buried where you have to pay, yeah. which means advertising even to get them noticed. Well, that's what Facebook did is they bait and switched us. They said, build your fan pages, use this as a delivery vehicle to reach your fans. So let's say I'm Coca-Cola and I spend millions and millions of dollars to get um, a 10 million fans on my Coke page. Well, the thought would, was being that everyone who fanned me as Coca-Cola would see every status update I post. But the truth is, is that Facebook said, no, no, no. That's not how it's going to work. You may have fans, but uh, if you want them to see every update, you're going to have to pay for that. And and right. that's fine. because Don't worry about that. It's still good to build fans. But what you're really trying to do is build connections with people and, and build uh a call to action that gets people to do something other than just fan you. You, know, you want to get people to sign up for your email list or download your ebook or call you or buy your product or whatever kind of action it is that you're trying to get people to do. And the good news is that it's inexpensive to reach people on Facebook right now. Um, creating a targeted ad on Facebook to people um, is really inexpensive. The bad news is, is it's not going to be what Facebook promised us, which was a, you know a complete delivery vehicle for our content to our fans. And that's just the way it is. You know, business is business. So um, don't fret right. about it. Treat it as an opportunity because it really is. And I'm telling you right now, currently at the date we are right now, Facebook advertising is outperforming Google for me for every one of my clients. I have for myself as well. Um, I have clients who spend $1,000 a day on Facebook. And that's small compared to some people who spend way more than that. They're spending $1,000 a day to drive leads to their sign-up. And it's working really, really well. And they're making a lot of money and getting a lot of sign-ups. So it's not that hard to do, and and it can can work really, really, really well. Right, right. I don't don't disagree with that one bit. Uh, Do you, in your professional estimation, feel that fan pages are still good for Google search engine optimization, because I've been telling folks, and I, you know, I do this testing my own fan pages, even if I can't seem to get a lot of Facebook viewers on them, if I leave the fan pages open, I can at least get some Google juice for them. Well, this could probably lead into a conversation that might take us off a little bit, but let's talk about the future right. of search. Okay, So the future okay. of search is, is social. Google realize is that the, the way that people want to get information in the future is not from a robot deciding which page shows up on a search engine, right? Google realizes okay. that the future the future of search is social. People want recommendations and links from people that they know and trust. And that's one of the reasons they created Google Plus. And Google Plus is something that every business owner should have and they should have their businesses listed on a Google Plus listing. And if you start looking at Google searches now, you're going to start to see this happen, and it's happening more and more every single day. So you go to Google and you type in, uh, how do I start a podcast? Well, guess what? You may see a result show up with a little icon of a face next to it, and, and in the third position, it's from your friend 
or somebody you're connected with on social media that shared a link or wrote an article about how to start a podcast. Because here's the theory. The theory is, as human beings, we would much rather have a recommendation from someone we know, like, or trust. If you're connected with right. someone through a social media channel, that is a pretty good logical assumption to say that you know, like, or trust that person. Why would you connect with somebody who you didn't know, like, or trust? So the future right. search, in my opinion, is going to be social connections and how you connect with people, and and that's how people are going to see what content you recommend and what you like and what you you fan up on in the future. First, I think Facebook is going to come out with their own search um, tab inside Facebook now that's going to do the web. So you'll never have to leave Facebook again. You can search for Facebook friends, but they'll also have another page in there where you can be just like Google, where you can just search inside Facebook for the solutions to problems. Because remember, Facebook is an entertainment piece. We talked about the two pieces, solving problems and entertaining. Google's the one that Correct. solves problems. Facebook's the one that's entertainment. Now, if Facebook was smart, they'd build the search how to solve problems piece right into there, and you would never have to leave Facebook, would you? Well, I think they're already a quarter of the way there. I know that sometimes when I go to my Facebook search, like if I'm looking for a friend or I'm looking for a fan page, it'll say, you know, search for other results on the web, and I can pull stuff up from the web. So they're halfway there already, as a matter of fact. And then they'll give you some search listings, and you can click out, and you'll end up on other websites. Now, I imagine there may be some money-changing hands there, or there's some sort of algorithm. I mean, it's good for Facebook if they're doing it in some way, but I think they're already halfway there, and they could just sort of tip it over. And what I wanted well, to highlight about oh, – go ahead, Jim. As I say, it, it is halfway there, but it's not – they're just pulling in search results from their partner, which I don't know who it is, Bing or somebody, but they're not – I believe it's Bing. Effect, and, and here's the thing. In Facebook, you're not trained mentally to look for a solution to your problem. You create a new tab and you go to Google or another search engine, right? So Facebook Correct. has to make the transition to say, people, you don't have to leave us anymore. So think about it. You search Facebook in the future for how do I start a podcast. And instead of getting search results like we see in Google or they're giving us now, you get uh, links and uh, connections of friends who have posted something inside Facebook about how to start a podcast. Think about that. And and also think about the, the fact of how the future is, everything is going through our mobile devices and our phones, and our phones and our tablets. You know, When you're looking right. for the solution to something, you're on your phone, usually wherever you are in a, on a bus or you know, waiting at the doctor's office or whatever, and, and you're putting in how to do this and you're finding it on your phone. And that's... That's, you know, the future of how people are searching. People have instant access to get things. And you're gonna, that's why SEO has changed so much because it's turning to be much more about social anymore. It's not so much just about who can create the most articles with the right keywords in it anymore. It's about how engaged you can be with content with your customers. Yeah, I, yeah that's right. And I don't think this really took a segue off our topic at all because, Embedded with your your answer, you gave us some really great thought processes for why should we should engage in Google Plus. So many people are asking, why Google Plus? Why does Google Plus matter? Was this just Google's attempt to beat Facebook or be Facebook? But the thing I say to people all the time is, if you think that Google Plus doesn't matter, what is the first word in the name of Google Plus? Google. Obviously, you want to be there. 
and when you can validate your website with Google Plus so that when search results show up on your blog post, you can see your picture next to that blog post, that creates the know, like, and trust. This is an example of being smart about social media and using it for business. I am actually glad you took us down that path because it revealed something that I think is very important. Now, I'm like, Jim, I'd like to get your thoughts on something here, and I notice this even in our conversation. So often when we talk about social media marketing, we hear Facebook, Twitter, Google+, and then people come along and they mention these really cool platforms like Instagram and Pinterest. But way too often I see one platform that just keeps getting left out, LinkedIn. Why do you think LinkedIn isn't as commonly mentioned, even though it's a huge, powerful network, especially for business? Yeah, for business to business, uh, LinkedIn is the most underrated, least talked about network there is, but it is actually the best social media network to spend time on. Yeah. Um, because it's just so easy to connect with people in there who could potentially help you. The problem with LinkedIn is that most people go in, they create their account, and they never go back, right? There's not right. a lot of people who spend time in LinkedIn and really engage and, and do that. And you get a lot of people who try to use it as a database to try and spam people and stuff like that, you know. Um, just like any social network, though, you got to spend time. So back right. to another example, if, if you're, you know, if you're in the business of architecture, you know, there are countless amount of groups on there that you could be in connecting with people. Um, people, the problem is everyone looks for the easy answer, right? So they're like, Jim, can't you just give me a list of email addresses or social media accounts that I could just hit a button to that sends them my offer where they, they buy from me and I get $10 million. Well, right. no, it doesn't exist. But you can go into LinkedIn and do things like, participate in LinkedIn answers where someone might be asking a question about architecture and you could go in and answer that question. You may create a group in LinkedIn, the, you know, the ultimate architecture reader group or something and, and create a group and communicate with people in that way. Um, right. Don't the ads. I've never had any success with LinkedIn ads. Maybe you have can say different, but I have never, and I've never talked to anyone who has, but in terms of communicating with people inside LinkedIn, I, it's it's work, okay? Nobody wants work, right? You're all listening to this right now. You're like, oh, Jim just keeps <laughs> talking about it. you got to do work to get these people. Yes, it, there's work involved. What's The alternative is this. The alternative is you reach into your bank account and pull out a couple hundred thousand dollars of your hard-earned money and throw it out there and hope that the ads work, okay? So if you've got a couple extra hundred thousand or million laying around that you can just drop on advertisements and hope that they work, go for it, right? I don't. Right. So in, in, in the alternative, as a small business owner, I put in a little bit of time and effort to go in and communicate with people and try to try to reach people. It, it, if you get over the fact that it's not going to be super easy and, you can, and, and it will work for you, then then you're going to be successful with it. But you, you have to try everything. You have to go out there and, and give everything a try and, and give it a work. And, and LinkedIn is one of those things that can work really, really well for you. If you're looking for some inspiration, go, just go to YouTube or go to Google and do a search for uh, LinkedIn case studies you know, or YouTube case studies, you know, how to start a business or to use LinkedIn as a promotional guide. You're going to find lots of examples of how people are doing it. And you may look at it and go, wow, something I can do as well. Yeah. Personally, Jim, LinkedIn is my favorite social media network. It's where I've gotten 
the most clients. It's where I've had the most success, particularly because I'm in a B2B type market. That works right. for me. Facebook uh, is something you really need to take very seriously, whether you're in B2B or you're in B2C. I've spoken with people who work for Facebook who have told me that their platform is geared towards business-to-consumer marketing. In fact, if you look at the case studies for their advertising platform that are on their own website, the majority of their case studies are business-to-consumer or B2C-type applications. So for those of our listeners who have B2C-type businesses, you definitely need to pay close attention to Facebook. For B2B, I don't think there really is a better network than LinkedIn. And some people say that LinkedIn is awesome because you don't have the pictures of funny cats or people sharing recipes or writing about what an awful day they're having. It's really about a business conversation. And if you're the type of person who says, you know, I don't have time for all this social media crap. I don't want to take pictures of my dinner or post stuff on Instagram. Then get on LinkedIn because that's where people are doing business. That's my two cents. What do you think? Totally agree. You know, again, if you come at it from the perspective of I'm trying to get people to buy my stuff, and I'm going to give them ads, you're never going to have success with anything anymore. Nobody wants your ads. Nobody wants your stuff. What they want is the solution to their problems. The front page of your website better say, here's what we do that solves your problems, and here's how we're going to do it better, faster than everyone else. And you need to take the same approach in every piece of content you create. The new ad is content marketing. Right? Create content that helps people, that people go, wow, this was really great. This really did help me. That Jim's a smart guy. Maybe I should check out the things that he has to offer. And if you take that approach, you're going to have success, but you have to change your mindset. No more ads. Think about creating helpful content. Yeah, and that is actually easier than some people think it is because what is helpful content? It's something that answers somebody's question, right? Well, yeah, it is actually easier. I mean, whatever industry you're in, you, if you don't know how to answer questions about that industry or what you're selling, then you shouldn't be in that industry. So it's as simple as you coming up with a plan and sitting down and go, here are the top 50 questions or 10 questions that people always ask me about this business. And answer those and create blog posts and make some videos and create a podcast or do whatever and answer those questions. And people will be attracted to that. And that's how you attract people in nowadays through social media. Share those articles, share those podcasts and those those videos and that content, and people will be like, "Wow, that was helpful." And 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 they'll they'll say that, "Oh, sure, it may have technically been an ad, but it was really really helpful." Yeah, yeah, I think that's something that's very important to consider. So we've already kind of started down this road, but I want to continue on the subject for a few moments here and get some clarity on a related point. You know, there are so many platforms out there. We've been talking about, you know, how and why you should use Facebook and how and why you should use LinkedIn. And we touched on Google Plus a little bit too. For those of you listening on the podcast, go back and rewind a bit. And Jim gave us some really great insights on the power of Google Plus. Now, what I want to just really drill down for our listeners, because I see so many folks who go on social media, and one of my own mentors does this, and I can't say whether it's right or wrong, but it's how he gets so much content out there daily, and it's how he helps so many people, is he has his Google Chrome browser set up automatically, so as soon as it opens it, as soon as it opens, he has seven tabs open automatically. It's, his, it's a Google search, it's his email, and then all of the social networks he participates in. So he writes a status message, he just goes from tab to tab, copy-paste, 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 and edit, copy-paste, copy-paste and edit, truncate and copy-paste, and 
he's touched all seven networks with the same message. Now, what do you think of that approach? Because I've heard positives and negatives about doing it that way. I know you have to kind of craft your messages, and any insights you have on that would be really helpful for us, I think. And, uh, and if we're totally off base with that, what do you think would be a better way to do it? And also, I mean, you know, what should you be using each platform for? Well, the answer to the first question is, you know, the social media can be used for many different ways. You have to decide how you're going to use it. Is it going to just be used as a distribution network for your content? Then you can put in automated tools like Hootsuite or or posting directly from a WordPress page. Every time you hit post, it automatically sends it to Twitter and Facebook, right? right. Or Instagram or, you know. I use a lot of that because if I make a blog post, I just want it to auto-post it to Facebook. Now, so there's a lot of people who argue that that is not the right way to do things. They think that you should, you know, personally put something in. And, and that argument can be made either way. It depends on who your audience is and what you promise them, right? If you're a right. – let's give it like a real example. Let's say you're an accountant, okay? So yeah. you say to yourself, what am I going to post or what am I going to put on social media that my – potential customers might want. Well, you know, tax season's coming up. You should be writing a new article every day that tells them about how to save money on their taxes or how to prepare their taxes right. or a video or a podcast that talks about that and using social media to distribute that. Okay? Now, in terms of which one's going to work best for you, it all depends where your audience is. Technically, they're everywhere, right? There's going to be people on Twitter who aren't on Facebook and vice versa. Um, so you have to kind of just put your feet into all of them in the water and see which one is going to work for you. Now, here's the big key, okay? The big key to measuring success is to determine benchmarks, like are you getting people to actually sign up or download or buy from you? And if you put those types of metrics in place, you can determine whether or not it's working or not. So just putting stuff out there and hoping that it works is not really the best way to do it. And when you start in a social media campaign, say, hey, we're going to try and increase our followers on Twitter by 1,000 people. We're going to try to get uh, 10,000 downloads of our white paper. We're going to try to get um, 500 people signed up for our email newsletter list. All right? And then you can okay. back, back at it and go, look, Twitter really worked well for that. Facebook didn't work as well. Uh, Pinterest didn't really work well for that. So pick one for now, set an action, a goal, and try it. And how it works. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised when you figure out the one that makes the most sense and then you dial in on it and it really changes the way that you uh, are able to get new customers. What I'm hearing from you, and tell me if I'm right or wrong about this, is what I would call a balanced approach, where in some cases it actually is appropriate to just broadcast the same message over as many social networks as possible. But when we start talking about specific goals that we want to do, like build that email list, get more people on the webinar, uh, get more sales on that product launch, whatever it is, then that's where we start to get more laser targeted and decide, okay, so which network is really going to get us this specific result versus what is the benefit of just being seen on all the platforms all the time? Am I even my paraphrasing that right? Yeah, that's basically the best way to approach it. The, the key is just start, okay? Start with one of them and see how it goes. The longer you're waiting, the longer you're not finding out if it's going to work for you or not. And, and failure is something that 
you're going to have to get used to in this business. You know, you're going to try it. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, then try a different one. Right. I agree. I agree with that entirely. Now, let's take this one step further. Now, you say treat social media like a business. And I got to tell you, I'm not going to mention any names, but I see so many people that I know are entrepreneurs, I know are business owners, and I'm questioning whether they're really treating this like a business or they're doing it properly. One of the specific things I notice is I see entrepreneurs go on rants about things that aren't directly about their business. One of the ones I see making the rounds right now are people complaining about, hey, I took my kids to this pizza place, and it really sucked. Never go there again. Is this really something that should be on your in your news feed? Well, it depends. It depends on how are you approaching social media. Do you want people to be part? Let me give you an example. I, I work with a financial planner, right? And he his clients are people who are like him. They have a high net worth. He wants people who, who are only willing to want to invest over a million dollars. They're typically they're the people are just like him. They share the same politics. They share the same faith. They share the same views on money and those things. And in the financial world, you're not allowed to kind of talk about financial stuff through your websites or social media. That's a big no-no. Oh, it's don't I know that? Issue. I have financial advisor clients. Don't I know that? Right. So what I told my client was, I said don't build a social network around talking about finance stuff. Build one talking about you. And we created a blog where he talks about his faith. He talks about uh, politics. He talks about his kids' soccer games. He posts about coaching his kids' soccer games and, you know, those types of things. And and what that has done for him is remove the restrictions of having to worry about what he's saying in business and he's built authentic relationships with like-minded people who agree with him because those are his customers. So, so he just is himself. He talks about his personal life, and those people connect with him, and they're like, oh, boy, I really agree and like this person, and that's how you build an engagement with somebody at that level where no one's going to give you their bank account for a million dollars to invest if they don't like you if they don't trust you and they don't think that you share the similar share the similar values in life that they do, correct? Correct. So so that's his approach. So you kind of have to decide who your target audience is and what they're looking for from you. You know, um, yeah, and you have to start treating it like a business. You know, if, if you have you know people who are your customers who come from both different aisles of the political you probably shouldn't be on Facebook or Twitter and post in stuff on one side or the other because you're going to okay. have people who are going to be like, that guy's a jerk. Why, why would I, why would I give that guy my business? He goes against everything I believe in terms of my faith or my politics or whatever. So when you say treat it like a business, make those decisions. You know, who are you trying to target and try not to go overboard with that type of thing and while at the same time being authentic, you know, there's so many posts that I don't post up because I know that eventually somebody might say, Jim, that guy's a jerk. I don't agree with him. I'll never do business with him. And that's what I mean when you say treat it like a business. And, and the other part of that is you have to put in some time, right? So the same way you would, you know, come up with a marketing brochure, you know, putting some time into your social media efforts, sitting down and saying, look, we've got an hour a day. We're going to participate in LinkedIn answers today. 
we're going to create a, a one video a week. So we treat it like a business in the fact that it's a marketing tactic in just the fact that you're creating content. You know, create. We're going to create three new articles a week, and we're going to share them on social media. That's what I mean. Okay. Yeah, it sounds to me like people do have kind of a decision to make when it comes to how much they reveal about themselves. And I think you said it very well. Uh, it's, a, it's a matter of no like and trust. So if you let people know too much about your political views, is it really too much or is it perhaps enough? Maybe birds of a feather flock together or maybe you do have a very strong resonance in your target audience for letting just a little bit of a certain type of viewpoint out there. And then there are folks out there who just frankly say, you know what, I really only want to do business with conservatives. I only really want to do business with liberals. So if I put stuff out there and it alienates the other side, that's perfectly fine because I don't want to sit down with these people for coffee anyway. Yep. So so it's not so I think what I'm hearing you say here, Jim, is it's not it's neither good nor bad and it doesn't make you a good person or a bad person if you take a political stance and it drives away part of your prospective audience, you just have to decide if that's really what you want in your business. And if it is, more power to you. And if not, then there's a different way to approach it. Am I paraphrasing you right? Yep, that's exactly right. And you'll find out, again, the key is to go out there and try and measure and see if what your efforts are doing are working more readers to your website or your blog, getting more sign-ups. And you'll know if it's working or if it's not working. Okay. Uh, something else sort of came to mind here, and you may have actually the same answer to it, and I was wondering if you had any, uh, you know, case studies or any just examples of this. I see people on social media sometimes just be outright edgy. Uh, they'll be controversial. They'll come across kind of strong, and they may feel that this is actually attracting more customers to them. I mean, maybe they're tying into the studies that show the majority of news media reports are negative, and maybe they're tapping into that. Uh, how, in terms of your work with your own clients and other people who you respect in the industry, uh, have you seen people be successful take that type of hard-edged approach with their social media posts and their social media persona? Yeah, well, again, it's a strategy, and what everybody needs to, to learn is that there's this this little line I came up with. It's emotions create reactions, and we're okay. all in the business of getting we're we're in the business of getting reactions. Okay, the reaction is somebody signing up for your email list, someone buying from you, someone downloading something. You're in business to get a reaction, whether whether it's someone walking into your retail store, or calling you, or purchasing a product or service. You 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 want someone to do one of those things, and as a salesperson. If you've ever done type of sales, and most people have it, and they despise sales, but salespeople, that's their goal, is to get somebody to do something. Either tell me no, or buy something, or do something. I need an answer, right? So so how do you get reactions, right? Through the power of social media, you, you need to create emotions, and, and that's where you can play blue. Like, you can, you can play the negative approach. You can play the positive approach. I've seen it done um, both ways, you know? But if you can get someone to create, to make an emotion in somebody, you have a much better chance of getting them to create a reaction for you. And so when you're creating content, you know, you can think about, think about how you can create a video that creates somebody to say, wow, that was so good that I have to share it. If you look at the top viral videos of all time on YouTube, all of them are ones that make you laugh or make you cry. 
Because what's the right. first thing you do when you get a piece of content, whether it's a video, a podcast, a blog, or whatever, that that makes you laugh or has an emotion, hate, anger, laughter, happiness, the first thing you do is you want to share it with other people. And that's the definition of viral is when people take content and share it without you having to ask because they had an emotional reaction. So when you're creating content, just remember to think about what emotion are you creating in the person. And by the way, being helpful is a wonderful thing because people get happy when their solutions to their problems are solved. So if you create something that's really helpful to people and they're like, wow, that saved me time, that saved me thought, that saved me more, I can spend more time with my kids now because I don't have to figure this out, people get happy. So create emotions in people and then you'll get better reactions. You know, I want to seize on something here real quick, and uh, I'm going to brag a little bit because it's my show and I can. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just playing here. But um, I, uh, every, every Tuesday, I put out this thing called a Tuesday technology step where I find some issue that a client of mine or a friend of mine or even I ran into in terms of making WordPress work better or doing something with technology so they spend less time editing their website and more time promoting it. Now, I have this video out there that's all about how to take the order form on one shopping cart, which is one of the most common e-commerce platforms, and make it look like your website. And a coach I had at the time, a business coach, said, don't put that video out there. It's going to confuse people. What are you doing? You're supposed to be about website conversions. You're supposed to be about, uh, uh, about social media. Why are you putting out a technical video about one shopping cart? And wouldn't you know that I've gotten five clients from that video? It is my best-performing video of all time because a lot of people are trying to figure out how the heck to do that because they're aware of the studies on shopping cart abandonment that show if there's too much of a difference between your order form and your website, you potentially lose people. So they see this, and they're struggling figuring out how to do the code, and I spend 20 minutes walking them through it. So what it does is they say, wow, that's a great video. What else do you do? You know, uh, for the longest time, there's been proponents of the strategy who say, quit telling people how to do stuff, Jim. And you know what? If people call me and they want to know something about bookmarking or starting a website or whatever, I'll, I'll get on the phone with people and I'll tell them everything they need to know. But the truth is this, and you learn this as a salesperson, is that people really don't want to just know how to do it. They want someone to handle it for them. And right. so the strategy of just giving away information is a very powerful strategy because people are like, wow, that was super helpful. And I learned how to still just don't want to do it. How can you help me? And that's exactly what you experience with those clients. They, they found out how to do it. They may have said, that's really cool. Thanks for sharing that with us. But what else? Can you help us implement it? Can you help us do more? And that's a really important strategy. Quit dropping what you know. Share it with everybody because – um, they're, they're going to see that as a authentic sign that you really want to help them. And people only want to do business with people who they think are going to actually help them these days, not people who are hiding behind the curtain. That's very, that's very profound. Now, let's, let me ask another question here. This just sort of came to mind. Let's say that somebody uh, decides that they want to start getting really serious about using social media as a business tool. Uh, but they've already been on Facebook and they've already been on Twitter, and essentially what they put out is a bunch of stuff that would make them look silly. I mean, I, I'm going to come up with a little bit of an extreme example. Let's say that there's a person out there that uh, has 
for several years been posting about their love of marijuana and getting baked and going to the beach and getting blasted and every other thing. And now they want to be taken seriously as an entrepreneur or they want to find a job or something along those lines. Uh, what would be, in your professional estimation, the process for sort of cleaning that up? Well, first of all, delete that persona and start over, you know, unless you're selling okay. to that audience, you know. I mean, if you're selling to that audience, then it's fine. Again, be authentic to who your customers are, you know. If if you're if you're trying to sell to people who aren't into, you know, smoking marijuana and that kind of lifestyle, then you're not going to have much luck. Who's going to buy from you, right? They don't they don't like right. or trust you. So start over, create a create a different. Um, but again, don't fake it. You know, if if you're not that person, you know, don't try to put a suit and tie on. And pretend that you are that person because people are going to see right through it. So that would be my advice for that. Just be who you are. Okay. And that's also very profound uh, because, what? again, this is something, and I'm glad you mentioned it again, what if that type of persona is something your audience resonates with and it's not necessarily a bad thing? I think what it really comes down to, and I hear you say this again and again, I want our listeners to really latch onto this, is that when we talk about using social media as a business tool, as a function of business, being aware of who your target audience is and who you are best equipped and enthusiastic about serving is critical because what's wrong for one person might be just right for you. Right. You're, remember, your brand is what you put out there, you know, from every tweet and every Facebook status update, and you have to decide uh, – who reaching and does your brand going to match those people who want to uh, buy from you? And it's just all part of the whole business of building your brand, your personal brand or your business. And you just have to make those decisions ahead of time. Okay. Now on Facebook, I'm seeing, I mean, we've known about LinkedIn discussion groups for some time and you mentioned forming and participating in LinkedIn discussion groups. We see a lot of discussion groups oriented toward business on Facebook as well. Now, I'm starting to see this trend, and tell me if you see the same trend as well, that since Facebook sort of did the old bait and switch on us as far as the fan pages where they said, create this as your engagement tool, but then they turn it into a pay-to-play, I'm now starting to see a lot of marketers create discussion groups and just invite people to their discussion groups. Uh, do you see this as a trend that's going on, and uh, how do you think people are doing in terms of using the discussion group as a marketing tool? Absolutely, and um, I always said this, you know, it's always better to, to own the group than it is to participate in the group. Um, as right. an entrepreneur, you know, you know, LinkedIn is a great example. Um, it's better to create the group and have people in your group than it is to just be a participant in the group. In LinkedIn, for one specific reason, you can um, send a message to everybody in your group, right? So you have control. Right. Um, Facebook, Facebook, you can control the settings of the group and who who's in the group and who can what and all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, actually, you know, setting up a group and, and getting people in is a great way to build relationships with people and get people to know who you are and know, like, and trust you. And, and that's a good strategy. So go now, create a LinkedIn group, create a Facebook group, and start inviting like-minded people into that group and, and participate with the group. I think you'll find that it'll uh, help you long-term, absolutely. Okay. 
And what do you? And I just want to hear, you know, your opinion on this. In terms of, let's say you're participating in a discussion group. Now, you and I both know that when you're participating in somebody else's discussion group, you're on somebody else's playing field. And myself, I've been very successful going into other people's discussion groups and getting clients that way in a way where nobody feels disrespected and people, in fact, welcome my contributions and they love to see me being in the group. Now, I'm only able to participate that level with two or three groups because it does require work, but what do you think are some of the best practices if you want to go into, let's say there's a leading industry discussion group with, say, tens of thousands of people in your industry who are your potential customers, and you see it's an active discussion group, people are actually talking about valuable things, and there are conversations where you can insert yourself. What are a couple of the tips that you would offer our listeners in terms of really getting noticed and using this as a way to attract customers rather than wrath? Well, first off, we talked about it already. Don't treat it like an ad. Don't get into the group and go, hey, everybody. I've got this great product you should all just buy, and they'll just ban you from the group. Go in and be right. the ultimate influence, the ultimate resource in the group. Answer more questions than everybody. Be helpful to everybody. Go out of your way to connect with people. Show them articles and links that either you've written or other people have written, and, and just help people. And when you do that, people are going to be, wow, thank you so much, and they're going to and, and have conversations with people, you know, Offer, offer to help people beyond just giving them a link to something. Say, this is a really great passive way to do this in a group and just say, hey, um, here's an article or here's something that I think that can help you or here's a referral. If you've got any more questions, feel free to just contact me directly, right? You're building a customer right there. Give them your email address or yeah. tell them to PM you. And the people contact you and say, hey, I had more questions about this. And then, then you can, you know, sales pitch them if you want to. But don't do the hard direct sales pitch in the uh, in the group, it just it just comes off wrong, and and the group people who own the group are just going to ban you out of the group. Yeah, thank you so much for saying that. I really was hoping you'd say that. I see way too often people go into discussion groups and they post something that really is basically an ad. I used to work with a social media firm about three or four years ago. Um, I don't work with them anymore, but. At one time, I got this very excited call from somebody who worked there, and they said, hey, uh, go into the discussion group on LinkedIn for accountants that you belong to and look at this great thing we posted. Well, actually, they, they called, but that they didn't get me. I was, uh, you know, so I left a voicemail. So I listened to the voicemail. I went and checked it out, and then I immediately deleted it. And then I called them back, and I said, yeah, I saw the post. Um, I deleted it while I'm still allowed to be on LinkedIn. Because what you did is you answered this person's very serious question where they needed help with something by citing my case studies, bragging about me. And then you wrote in very long, very digitally illiterate paragraphs uh, about how you can contact my office and speak with my assistant and schedule a strategy session on somebody else's platform. So don't ever do that again. (laughs) No, don't ever do that. You know, yeah. I know we're running. I know we're running out of time, but you know, the t- I'm writing a new book now called Go Direct: How to Sell Directly to Your Fans and Customers. And one of the things okay. I talk about in depth in depth in the book is the is creating true fans, right? And creating a thousand true fans. Any type of artist or anyone who creates content or any business, if you have fans, you can build an entire career of business around that. And how do you create a fan? You do that by helping people, going out of your way to give people information, you know, and, and get solving their problems. If, if you keeps coming back down to this, if, if you focus on 
not trying to sell stuff, but instead trying to help people, you're going to have a lot of success in business and it's using social media. Help people. Stop stop sending them links to ads. Help them out, and they're going to thank you for it with, their business, with business from them. Yeah, yeah. So that, this is interesting. When When's the book come out? Um, I'm finishing. I'm about 75% done, so I'm hoping by the end of April I'll have it out. Oh, great, great. What are some of the other things our listeners can look forward to? Uh, I'm happy to give you a couple minutes on this because you have been so helpful to us and you've given us some priceless insights. As I mentioned to our listeners, when I bring our guest experts on, not only do I conduct the interview, but I sit with the listeners as a student, pen and paper out, and I can tell you I filled almost the whole page just in what you shared with us today. Well, great. I'm glad to help. Um, if you want to learn more about me, just go to my website, and here's what I'm asking you. Just go to jimkukrell.com. That's J-I-M-K-U-K-R-A-L.com. Now, don't leave this right. podcast because I have some more information here. I have a minute. It's a two-minute video on the front of my website, and this video explains to you what my main businesses are and what problems I solve for you, what I do. Because everyone always asks me, Jim, what do you do? You have so many things that you do. I'm just asking you right now, go to my website, jimcukrell.com, watch this two-minute video, and you will know exactly how I solve problems for you. Now, I could sit on this podcast and, and tell you all about it, but all I'm asking for is two minutes of your time. Go there two minutes, right. watch the video, and you'll be able to tell instantly, here's what Jim does, and here's how he helps me. Because that's what I want to do is help you, right? I've created businesses and products and services that help people. I'm in the business of of finding ways to make people's problems go away in, in the Internet industry. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do. So just watch that video. Um, I also own a website uh, for authors. If you've ever written a book or thinking about writing a book at marketingclub.com, it's free to sign up. We've got paid versions, and we help people figure out how to market their books because once you get a book done, what's the best <laughs> way to do it is to get the marketing out there for it. So, but if you really just want to know how I can solve your problems, go to jimcukrell.com and watch that video, and I think you'll get everything from that. I think that's absolutely fantastic. So we have about five or six minutes left here, and as we wrap up, I love to leave our listeners with a little easy-to-follow prescription for success. So what, in your opinion, are the three top takeaways our listeners should apply now so they can start experiencing more success using social media as a business tool to grow their businesses? Well, we, we talked about them all. Number one, treat it like a business. Put some time and effort into it. See what works. See what doesn't work. Number two, emotions create reactions. Write that down on a piece of paper. Stick it up on your wall. And every time you're thinking about creating some type of content, think about what emotion you're creating in a person. Because if you can create an emotion in somebody, you can get a, a much better chance of them actually sharing it, which is what you want. People to spread the word about you without you having to ask them. And I, you know, I have a quote that I say, it says, doers get what they want and everyone else gets what they get. And this is really about how much you want to have success. Um, Right. If you're going to try, if you're going to go out there and make things happen and try things, you're going to you're a doer. Right? If you're just waiting around for someone to give you a paycheck or to decide how many hours you're going to work a week or how successful you're going to be, that's fine. There's a lot of people who love that scenario. They love the fact that they have a comfortable job. They know they're getting a paycheck every week. They know what to expect, and there's nothing absolutely wrong with that at all. But if you're a person who's right. tired of that, 
you need to start thinking from the doer mentality and, and sit down and say, here's what I'm going to try. Go create a Udemy class tomorrow and start using social media to connect with people and see if you can get people to buy teach to buy a class from you to teach you how to do whatever it is you know a lot about. So just take some action, whatever it is. Take some action. Or you're going to be in the same position you were six months, a year from now, and you're going to be saying, Jim, or I wish I, I wish I would have taken the action. And, and this is all determinant upon your pain level. Think about what your pain level is right now. Are you at a five? Are you at a nine? How high is your pain level? And that will determine whether or not you're going to listen to what we had to say today and take some action or whether or not it's going to sit back and wait for everyone to kind of control your life forever. For me, I can't do that. I have to be – I'm not a control freak, but I definitely – don't want someone determining how much time I spend, get to spend with my kids and how much money I get to make and how I live my life. And that's my pain level is at a plus 50. I would never let anyone do that. So I work hard to put the time in to figure things out to make it happen. So you've got to make that decision and go out there and do it. Yeah, and I think that's also a great prescription because I know we have listeners who have quote-unquote day jobs and are doing something on the side. In fact, I know I've spoken with a couple of our listeners lately who are in the process of building their online business with the hopes that they can quit their job and quote-unquote become their own boss at some point soon. And what Jim just said is for you. So when you are done with your day job and it's time to start building that business do you want to grow and become your entrepreneurial venture, think about how you're using social media. Is your time on social media better spent uh, jumping into some gripe fest about some issue? If it is, decide if that's the type of thing that your target audience is going to be interested in and is going to start to feel that you are somebody they know, like, and trust. Otherwise, think about how can you help your market right now? Where are your customers right now on social media waiting to be helped by you. And, uh, yeah, and Jim, you made a really great point, uh, Udemy. That's U-D-E-M-Y.com. And as you and I both know, that's a platform where you can easily create an online class and share that with your audience. Yep, and literally, you know, you should be – stop devaluing what you know, right? You may know a lot about how to play video games really well. Well, guess what? There's probably people in the world who want to know how to do what you do or want you to teach them. You can go online now for free and create a class in 10 minutes. Create a syllabus, create create a class, and use social media. You can be you can be making money in an hour, right? It's not as hard as it used to be. You have to go out there and try. Right, right. As far and if you want to like if you want to have a webinar, you want to build a list, you want to get more subscribers, you can have your landing page up in 20 minutes and be on five social media platforms getting people signed up an hour from when you decide you're going to do it. There are so many times, and this is just a, a final thought for me, and I think Jimmy will agree as well, that I've needed to write an article or I've needed to submit something to somebody, and I'm thinking, okay, you know what? I don't feel like writing this. I'm just going to host a teleseminar and speak it out that way. So I put out my landing page, I put it out there, and I get people signing up an hour from now. That, that's what I've done so, so many times. Yeah, it's absolutely possible. And and for the people who say, oh, I don't know the technology, I can't afford the cost, the costs are minimal. Most Much of the stuff you can get for dirt cheap nowadays. And um, the, the technology is not like it was when we first started where you had to do everything by hand, build websites. It's so easy to create stuff nowadays, and the cost is so cheap. There's really no excuse except for you 
either not believing you can do it or number two, you just don't want to take the time out of your schedule to get it done. And and that's really what it comes down to. Yep, and that's exactly where I think we should leave off here, and that's exactly where I think we should leave our listeners. So just think about that. Jim Kukral, thank you so much for being with us today. This has been quite an honor and quite an education. My pleasure to be here anytime. Love to come back and do it again. You bet. We will have you back again. For everybody else listening, this is Adam Homey, host of Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Until next time, have a great day. Take care. We'll see you.